to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to chat with all y'all about Summer League, about Jalen Pickett, Hunter Tyson, lots of guys to discuss on this particular team, uh, and fortunately, there's a lot of nuggets here. There's a lot of guys that actually pertain to the Denver Nuggets roster, which is, I think, kind of rare for a team that's in Denver's position that's a championship contender. Uh, really appreciate everybody hopping in on this Wednesday night. I've got some notes uh, towards the end of this podcast that I'd like to share uh, just in terms of uh, different details that I want to share about like my schedule, what it's going to look like for this summer, things like that. So stick around until the end of the show if you'd like to hear that. Make sure to hit the like button if you're in the chat. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for hopping in. Really appreciate all the love and support as always, especially with all of the social media stuff that's going on right now. Like we've got threads now. I'm on Instagram. Like there's a lot of weird stuff that's that's going on. So uh, if if you're if you're like me and you're a little bit spooked by all this Twitter stuff and and you're seeing all this migration, uh, make sure to go follow me. I'm at NBA underscore Blackburn on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to try to post some story stuff over there, like some uh, video that I can randomly take. I'll share my stories over there as well. And also I'm on threads. So make sure to go check that out. That's the associated thing. That's kind of like Twitter. Uh, So we'll see what that looks like. I'm I'm curious to see what that ultimately means and what what it's going to change for the social media landscape, because I've I've got a pretty strong Twitter presence. So wonder whether I'm going to lose that, but is what it is. I'm not not too worried about the actual numbers. I just want to be able to share Nuggets content. So hopefully we get to talk about that going forward. But we've got summer league content here. We've got the second round picks that Denver just signed. Uh, Mike Singer has this information. Second round picks, Jalen Smith and Hunter Tyson both sign multi-year deals. We'll talk about that initially here. I'll share some notes from summer league practice today. And then we'll do a little bit of a summer league preview before going into some of the other stuff. But first and foremost, I was surprised that both Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson signed multi-year deals. One of the reasons I was surprised was because I didn't realize you could give them two. I didn't realize you could do both of them. They're both getting a second round pick exception deal. Uh, I did not believe that you could give both of those guys second round pick exception deals. And what that basically means is it is a higher number that the Nuggets are able to give second round picks specifically than they would be able to give like incoming rookies that are not second round picks. But I thought you were only afforded one per team. As it turns out, it it seems like you could do more. But one of the reasons why I didn't know, I haven't read the CBA yet. Sorry. Like it it just came out on July 1st. Been pretty busy or June 30th, excuse me. But I, I did not realize that that was a wrinkle that they could do. Uh, But all good. Really appreciate everybody and really appreciate everybody for following on the, the Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson side. Those guys were surprise picks to me in the second round of the draft. And I think that they were surprise picks to a lot of people. But I know Adam Morris has been the captain of the Jalen Pickett hype train. And I got to tell you, that thing's leaving the station. I tweeted out I think on Monday, just based off of some conversations I had with folks at practice at Summer League there, Jalen Pickett's making a name for himself immediately. He has been extremely impressive. 
to everybody in that organization with how he's defended, how he's run the team, how he's a better shooter than they expected, how he just can pick up on various things way quicker than a lot of people. And he just seems very ready-made for Denver to make an impact, at least early on. So I'm curious to see whether that actually translates or not. I thought that he would get the second-round pick exception deal. I thought that that's something that he would get. So basically, I think there's a conflict of reporting here. Uh, Mike Singer said it's a three-year deal with a team option. Michael Scotto of Hoopsite said that it was a – I believe it's Hoopsite – said that it was a four-year deal uh, worth like $8.1, million, $8.3 million, something like that. Um, I wonder if Mike just reported it as it's three guaranteed years and then a team option after that, and that's where the uh, issue lies. But if it like that's not a major difference in my mind as long as Jalen Pickett isn't like absolutely smoking it in year two and then or in year three and then Denver has to figure it out after that. Would be nice to have him for the full four years as a rookie, but uh, look, I I think they like Jalen Pickett a lot. I think they like him. I think that he's going to be somebody that they really value going forward and that can help replace something of what Bruce Brown left. And that is a really, really important piece of this season, but also just an important piece of the the years going forward. Because even if it doesn't work out for Jalen Pickett this year, it might work out in the years after that. Because think about this, like, who on Denver's long-term plans really projects as a quality ball handler? You've got Jokic. You've got Jamal Murray. And then it's kind of shaky after that, right? Like, Christian Brown doesn't really project to be that kind of guy. Michael Porter definitely doesn't. Aaron Gordon definitely doesn't. It's mostly like a, a bet on either Peyton Watson to figure that out or Jalen Pickett. And so if you're a Nugget, or if you're a Nuggets fan... You're wanting as many quality ball handlers on the team that could run offense as you could possibly have. Uh, because having players that are really smart, that are really savvy, that know what they're doing, that can run the team, it makes your floor way higher. It just does. And Denver, they're always going to want a high floor. That's just what the team is going to help with. And I think if you have a solid backup point guard that can run the team, maybe play next to Jamal Murray too. Uh, that's a great sign. And so team loves Jalen Pickett. Like they they believe that he can be that dude. Hunter Tyson, I am pleasantly surprised with where this has gone. I, he just wasn't on my radar. I assumed based off of the information that like reading general scouting reports and rankings and things like that without really having a an actual eye on who the Nuggets were taking, I was a little bit baffled by that selection. But If you know anything about Calvin Booth, he is very committed to who he likes. And like he he has a masterful eye for talent, as has been clear uh, from just these first couple of years. So it's really interesting to see Hunter Tyson start to like he he made a couple of nice plays in the scrimmage today. Uh, He does. He's been wowing people behind the scenes. Not wowing. I think he's been impressing people behind the scenes. He impressed Peyton Watson with the level of defense that he was playing. Things like that. So. Nothing too crazy with him, but I do see him also as a player that you get him onto a four-year deal, and he's already, I think, 23. And four-year deal means that when he's 27, just like entering his, hopefully, his peak years, that's when you should be signing another contract. So it's kind of nice, and what it says to me is that 
I think that they believe that he could be ready sooner rather than later. And they're going to try to take advantage of those years in 25 and 26, like maybe his third and fourth season. And if that's the case, then uh, that's, a, that's a good sign for Denver that they they felt pretty comfortable giving him that kind of deal. So I don't know whether that's going to like ultimately pan out. Nobody knows for sure. Like if Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, or Hunter Tyson, whether any of those guys are going to pan out. If you trust Calvin Booth, and I know a lot of Nuggets fans do, then it is a good interesting thing to happen. And I'm very excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, one more reason why I was kind of surprised by Hunter Tyson signing the multi-year deal. Stenberg's now 15 roster spots. They don't have any other open spots to offer other free agents. So I did the depth chart analysis that I had on milehighsports.com after the after the Justin Holiday signing. Sorry, stuttering over my words here. Um, and I expected them to sign one more veteran, maybe some veteran minimum guy. They didn't do that, or at least they haven't done it yet. And I would be shocked, honestly, if this changes, if this group changes at all, because you've got 15 guaranteed contracts. And the one avenue that Denver really has to sign somebody is, or not sign, but to add somebody, is the traded player exception that expires tomorrow from Monte Morris. He, it's a $9.1 million trade exception, and I'm not surprised that they're not going to use it by the looks of things, because if they try to use the full thing, it would actually put them over the hard cap. So I don't. I think what they mostly did over the course of this offseason here is they believe in Peyton Watson. They believe in Christian Brown. They want those guys to develop. They want those guys to have a long runway for them to be able to develop into the playoff options that they're they're looking for. And they don't want too many players to really get in that way. I don't think anybody, anybody's really worried about Christian Brown losing his minutes. But if they were, uh, for example, like Justin Holiday, for example, like let's say he's playing over Peyton Watson at the backup three uh, in the Christmas game, then I think a lot of people would be a little bit concerned. That doesn't mean that that can't change by the end of the season. And I think if you add another guy like that who maybe gets in front of Zeke Naji or Flacco Chanchar or somebody like that, then that's probably not the right call either. So Denver's mostly going young, and, and it's kind of interesting to see them give four-year deals to Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson, where they didn't have to commit to those guys. They could have put them on two-way contracts. They could have said, we don't think you're going to play, and we are going to instead have you go to the G League for portions of the season and then not really be available for the playoffs. Uh, if that were the case, then I, I don't think anybody would be surprised because this is a championship team. But it does seem like both of them, maybe they're, maybe they're playable. And, and if Mike Malone says they're, if he's, if he's going to play them and Calvin Booth thinks that they're good, and the coaching staff agrees that they're good. And you've got a bench that's basically just very interchangeable outside of Christian Brown. Why not? Why not throw them out there? Why not see what they've got? And that's kind of interesting to me. So I think this bench is going to be weird. I think this bench is going to be odd. And I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. And there will probably be some staggering too, where 
Uh, Jamal Murray is staggering with the second unit. Michael Porter staggers with the second unit. Maybe Aaron Gordon plays some backup five if Zeke Nagy is struggling or DeAndre Jordan just isn't quick enough for a certain matchup. Like There's going to be some opportunities there for Denver to do the stagger thing. And they probably should, if we're being honest. Like That's that's what's going to help them win. Um, but I am curious to see how this bench evolves. And it's a, such a young group in general now that I think that it's pretty volatile. Despite the fact that the profile of the guys that they have, like the older rookies, uh, the stable options, it profiles as a more stable bench that is more defensive-minded. Whether that actually comes to pass or not remains to be seen. We'll talk about that. Plenty of time. We'll have plenty of options down the line to actually reference that and, and go over that. But first, I want to tell you about Superbook Sports uh, because we're changing the game, says Superbook. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use promo code MILEHIGH, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app today. Visit Superbook.com uh, for those terms and conditions. And if you do enter that promo code, you can get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, folks, make sure to like and subscribe to the show on the YouTube side. If you're watching on or if you're listening on the audio side, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. All right. Summer League practice notes. We'll go over this really quickly and then hit the Summer League preview. Uh, I thought it was an interesting day today where I know that they did a little bit of scrimmaging on uh, yesterday. I, I wasn't at the practice yesterday. It was July 4th. I decided, you know, I'm going to commit to my time with the family. And I don't regret that. I got slapped in the face with a tortilla by my brother. It was great. I posted that on social. That did pretty well. Um, summer league today was pretty good. Or summer league practice was pretty good. They were doing another scrimmage, and they had a couple scenarios that they went through. They did a general scrimmage where it appeared that over the course of a probably a 30-minute period or 45-minute period, that the starting group, which consisted of the six players on the starting group that they divided into two groups, the six players on the starting group were Jalen Pickett, Colin Gillespie, Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, Hunter Tyson, and... Ismail Kamigate. Um, those guys are going to be your six leading starters. They are the six Nuggets guys. And the other six players, uh, guys like Cassius Stanley, Amir Sims among them. Grant Golden is on that team. He is the uh, G League center for the Grand Rapids Gold. Uh, does a great job of replicating Nikola Jokic at a kind of a not super athletic level, but he passes the ball well. That side was on that group was on the other side, and the Nuggets' main roster guys were the blue team today, and I thought they did pretty well. They won the first session that they were a part of, 
And then the second session that they were a part of was a scenario kind of scrimmage where they put two minutes on the clock or so. The blue team was down five. They had to make up the difference. That didn't go well immediately. Uh, That blue team turned the ball over a couple times in a row. But Julian Strother made some impressive shots. Ismail Kamigate had some good defensive plays. Peyton Watson had some good defensive plays. Colin Gillespie uh, picked the pocket in the backcourt as they were trying to come back and then laid the ball in, had some good moments. Jalen Pickett drove down the right side of the lane, kicked it out to Hunter Tyson, who then pumped and shot a mid-range off balance a little bit to to tie the game and send it to OT. And then Julian Strother and then go and folks hit a couple of, uh, of impressive shots and the blue team ultimately came back and won. So really interesting group to have there. And it was interesting to see the energy in the gym. There were a lot of great plays being made. Peyton Watson made some great athletic plays, but Julian Strother, I thought was the most impressive one. Some of the threes that he hit were nuts. <laughs> like they were movement threes. They were off the dribble, off balance. Uh, no conscience, 29 feet, just having to pull up and then doing so with as much confidence as you can possibly get. And and he doesn't seem to lack for it. So that was really interesting to see. And I was glad to see him hit some shots. Uh, he's the guy that I think, interestingly enough, has been discussed a little bit less than, than some of the other guys. Um, I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised just because, I mean, he, I think, is a, a pretty standard guy to figure out. And Hunter Tyson wasn't really on the radar. Jalen Pickett obviously has gotten the love from Adam and folks and trying to figure out just exactly who he is. Uh, but I'm pretty impressed with Julian Strother. And I think that as long as he is hitting shots consistently, he's always going to be able to find a role. And some of the shots that he takes and then makes at, at that clip are pretty impressive. So I've seen the comp of Bones Highland going around. Probably wouldn't go that far in terms of like various things that he wants to do as an isolation score or things like that. But I did really appreciate Julian doing what he did and, and taking some of the shots that he took because doing it on the wing, a lot different from doing it from the point guard perspective because you're not always going to handle the ball on the wing. And so when you do get the ball, you're expected to shoot a lot of the time. So that makes more sense than just having your point guard, your distributor, be that kind of player too. So Interesting to hear about that. Um, Thomas Dunn says, uh, Julian has an underrated clutch stones factor from college. Uh, Games versus BYU and UCLA as examples. Great examples, obviously. I tell the story a lot. My brother is a UCLA alum. He was heartbroken multiple times by Gonzaga. The most recent time being Julian Strother hitting that crazy three. Um, And then Terrence Ross IMO. Uh, I I don't know how. He said, Okay, yeah, I, I was reading that right. IMO, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I I think it's fair. I think it's fair to limit or to like reference him as a gunner like that. Terrence Ross obviously started off as an insane athlete, an insane dunker. Strother isn't going to be that guy. I think he has to learn quicker how to be how to be doing other things. Like he can't just get by off his athleticism. And then Terrence Ross obviously made some crazy shots, too. He's a crazy shot taker, especially later in his career as a member of the Orlando Magic. Uh, But I do think that there is a bench wing 
gunner aspect of his game that you're you're definitely on. I, I think that that makes some sense. Uh, I I hope that he pans out better than that though, because I, I think that there's there's reason to believe that he will pan out better than that. I do think I I saw some of the plays they made. He is a little bit more crafty. Like T. Ross, uh, more of a more of an athlete who got by as an athlete. Uh, Strother isn't getting by as an athlete. He has to be crafty. So will be interesting to see how that turns into. But we spoke to Ismael Kamigate. We spoke to Hunter Tyson. Spoke to John Beckett. Nothing super notable in any of those conversations, though. I do want to mention Ismael Kamigate. His first media session since uh, coming back or coming over and. Uh, he was polished. He was pretty interesting. He was a, a his English was pretty good, and it was good to hear him uh, say some of the things that he said about Denver. He said he watched all of the Denver Nuggets games while he was abroad. And for anybody that's abroad, that's that's listening across the ocean right now. That's a big deal because you have to wake up at these odd hours to watch them live, and he was doing that a lot of the time. And I thought that was a, a really interesting detail. He really cares about. Not just like what he's doing to try to make himself the better player, but he was watching the Nuggets. He cares about the Nuggets. He's caring about this team that drafted him. And I know that like some guys will do that, but it's nice to at least hear that affirmed. Um, and then he hadn't had a lot of time to go around and visit the city, but I'm sure he'll find it a little bit more palatable than some of the other cities. Obviously, like we've heard of Denver as more of a, it's a closer approximation of a foreign city than a lot of other places are. So hopefully that continues, and hopefully he, he feels comfortable here. I don't think that Kamigate is coming over, folks. I, I would be shocked if he actually was on the roster. But hey, now Denver's got two open two-way roster spots, and because they signed Hunter Tyson to a full-time contract as opposed to a two-way, which I think was a surprise. So interesting to see that. Interesting that they now have this other two-way spot. Do I think that that's going to... Ugh, do I think that's going to Ismail Kamigate? No, I think that he's going back over to Europe, but you never know. Uh, and then we spoke to Hunter Tyson. He's very confident. He is, uh, like I asked him about whether like he or Julian is the better shooter. And uh, he said he, he he's given credit to Julian. Some of the shots that he was hitting in the scrimmage were crazy. Um, but I did find it interesting. He's a pretty confident guy, and, and he seems very matter of fact about it like he expected to be in this spot which I'm kind of surprised because five-year guy at Clemson five-year player and I think he's made a strong impression since getting here since he had his workout he really vaulted up the draft boards during the workout phase of this thing had a good uh, combine I think he was clearly off the radar for a lot of people I think he surprised a lot of folks too so really interesting to see him and, and here to talk to him in person. I, I don't have any major takeaways other than that. But uh, John Beckett also said a lot about Peyton Watson today. He's John Beckett, if you don't know, he is a Nuggets assistant coach who started as a player development coach. He is now going to serve as the Nuggets summer league coach, the head coach, and has aspirations to be a head coach himself. Uh, he has taken a special interest in Peyton Watson's development. It's pretty clear that those two have a good connection. Uh, and I do think that he wants to feature Peyton. He's said that multiple times. He has complimented Peyton multiple times for his professionalism, for his willingness and his approach. Uh, he said that they went out to dinner 
a few nights ago before all of the practices started up. So I think for everybody that's on the Peyton Watson hype train, that's a good sign. That's what you want to hear. You want somebody who I think is wise beyond their years. I wrote about Peyton. You can read it at milehighsports.com. I wrote about Peyton and how even though he's only played 186 minutes in his NBA career, the Nuggets still have these high hopes for him. They've been putting a lot of pressure on him. They want to see him perform under this immense amount of pressure that they're like they're they're going to make him guard the opposing team's best player. They're going to run plays for him. They're going to expect him to be efficient and they want to see him be the best version of himself in the summer league phase. And that's just a lot of pressure for a 20-year-old, the youngest player on the roster and I'm not surprised that they're going with this route. I think that they are very invested in him and they want to put as much pressure on him as possible, but they only would do that if they believe he can handle it. And the fact that they are doing it gives me some confidence that they believe in him. So I could be completely wrong. I could just say, like, look, maybe he's maybe he's horrible. Like, maybe that's a possibility. But I just don't think that he's going to be. And I don't think that anybody in the Nuggets organization thinks that he's going to be. I had a really interesting quote in that story. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick, uh, just so I can like read it verbatim, because it's one of those that you're a little bit shocked by. Uh, it was the final one that I used from him. He says, quote, I'm still making a name for myself in this league, but as part of this organization, everybody knows the work that I've put in last year, the dues that I've paid. I think that Peyton feels like it's his time. And whether he's right or not, he should be taking that mentality of like, I'm going to earn it. I am going to prove it, but it is also my turn. And I am going to go into this thing with the confidence that I have that I can, I can carry myself that way. Now, there is a fine line between expecting something to happen for you because you put in the work and expecting something to happen to you because you deserve, you feel like you deserve it. Uh, and the latter borders a little bit more on hubris. It borders a little bit more on the desire to, uh, I don't know, like, like I, I don't want to see Peyton be that five-star recruit that's like, I deserve this because I was a five-star recruit. No, you have to earn it every single day, and I believe that he, he at least thinks that he's done that. And I think the Nuggets think that he's done that too, which is why they're putting this pressure on him. So, we will see whether he can actually do it or not. I'm very curious, as everybody else is, but I'm going to look forward to it. I'm going to look forward to that aspect of this. Summer League preview. Uh, let's go through some of these details here real quick. The schedule, as everybody knows, July 7th is the first day of the games. That is this Friday. They will be playing the Milwaukee Bucks at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. and That's on ESPNU. But just know that all of these games, I believe, are also going to be on Altitude TV. So if you have Altitude TV, you should be okay. You should be able to get these, I believe. I do not want to swear by it, but I believe that I read that somewhere. Um, so July 7th, Friday, versus the Bucks. July 9th, versus the Hawks at 7.30 p.m. That's also on NBA TV. Then you've got July 12th, versus the Jazz at 7.30 p.m on NBA TV as well. And in the fourth game, they have July 14th versus the Heat at 7 p.m. on ESPN2. So interesting lineup here, interesting games. Uh, 
against the Bucks, there's there's nothing crazy there, but that's cool because Drew Timmy is going to be on that roster, Gonzaga guy, versus Julian Strother, Gonzaga guy. Uh July 9th, you've got the Hawks. I don't I don't know who's on their team, if I'm being honest. Like I don't I don't don't really care. Uh July 12th versus the Jazz, they've got a lot of interesting player. I think they drafted Taylor Hendricks, they drafted Keontae George, and they drafted another guy, I think is Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, so they've got three first-round picks on that roster. And then you get a rematch of the NBA Finals against the Heat. And maybe Jaime Jaquez is on that team. Uh, but if he's not on that team, it's probably because he's been shipped to the Portland Trailblazers. So should be interesting there. Uh, but those are the four games that they have listed right now. There will be at least one more game. The fifth game will be on either July 15th or 16th. And then the 17th will be the Summer League Championship. That only happens if Denver is in the top four teams and then wins either their uh, then wins their semifinal game in, in either the 15th or the 16th. I don't remember which day. But if Denver does well, and I believe that this team should do pretty well because of how old they are, uh, then there is at least a possibility that uh, they, they really do something cool. And they, we're watching six summer league games as opposed to five. Um, what are Denver's goals in Summer League this year? What can you expect from the Summer League team? I think <laughs> – sorry, I'm going to laugh at this comment here. Uh, can we rename the podcast to Picket and Roll Podcast? I, I like that. Thank you. Uh, he's uh, He is definitely – like. I think Adam Morris really needs to strike a brand deal with Jalen Pickett really early because that's, like, that's his guy. Um, so I won't step on that turf. But what are Denver's goals in Summer League this year? I think the first and foremost one is to see if Peyton Watson can handle the pressure. I talked about that, obviously, and I think that it's important because if you're looking at all of these players, whether it's uh, Peyton Watson, Colin Gillespie, any of the three draft picks, Ismail Kamigate, whoever, I think Watson is the guy that, based off of what happened last year, you can at least believe a little bit they like he's got a lot of pressure to show up this year and make an impact. And I think that that's fair. I, I want to see what happens and I want to see what they do. I want to see how he handles the pressure of being a first option, which I he may not be a first option because he's not gonna have the point, he's not gonna have the ball in his hands a ton. But I do think that Watson is going to be hit or miss in a lot of these offensive ways. Last year, Watson was like he had one good game. I think it was his second game. And then the other four were pretty bad, if I recall, from at least an offensive and efficiency standpoint. Like he showed off the physical tools. He blocked some shots. Great. Good for him. You want to see him dominate the complexion of a game if he's this level of guy. And I don't know if he's going to be fully that. I don't think he's going to have a full opportunity to do that. Because Denver's got a couple point guards on the roster that are going to try to organize the team, going to try to get everybody involved. But I do think that Nuggets fans should expect Peyton Watson to uh, try to put up 20 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks in a game. Like That's what he should try to do. Uh, you don't always have to be the scorer, but you can be the passer, you can be the rebounder, you can physically dominate a game. And if you can do that, then that'll be exciting. Other couple things, 
I want to see where Ismail Kamigate's progress is. I want to see what he looks like and, and whether he has developed more to his game than just kind of the rim-rolling nature that he showed last year. I'm pretty sure, if I, if I recall, that what he basically did last year was roll to the rim, and if he's not directly at the rim, that he's not going to look at it and shoot. Uh, and he's not going to make a play. I want to see what happens when he makes a play in space. I want to see, is he going to immediately turn the ball over? Can he like make some like one dribble reads and uh, read the double team if it comes or shoot over the top of a smaller defender, things like that? How does he handle that? I think he can be good, but I also think that the last time, like there was a, there was one game where he did not take a lot of shots and it was because of him, not because of anybody else. Um, that's one. I want to see where Colin Gillespie's at, obviously, like just seeing where he's at physically, that would be great. And I think another interesting factor here is like, who's going to be the point guard? Who's going to be the actual guy who distributes most of the time? Is it going to be Pickett? Is it going to be Colin Gillespie? Are they going to split? Are they going to stagger? What happens when those guys go to the bench? Um, Is one guy going to show up more than the other? Are you just going to, like, what happens when Gillespie has the ball? Can Pickett space the floor? What happens when uh, Pickett has the ball? Can, like, is Gillespie going to be that 40% three-point shooter that I think he was in, in the college level? So lots of stuff to go over there. And then with Strother, I want to see him shoot. Like, that's his skill. I want to see what his best skill looks like. I know that he could shoot, and, and like him, like if he shoots 20% from three, it's not the end of the world. But I just want to see what it looks like when he really tries to get him up. Can he hit five threes in a game? Can he hit seven threes in a game? What's it going to look like if he gets hot? Like uh, that would be super cool to see. Um, who are the most interesting players to watch? Uh, if I had to rank them, I'm going to go with Peyton Watson one, Jalen Pickett two. Uh, let's go with Strother 3, Gillespie 4, Tyson 5, Kamigate 6. Actually, we'll, we'll go Kamigate at 4, and then Tyson 5 and Gillespie 6, uh, just from an interest standpoint. Because I think I know what Gillespie's game is going to be, but it is going to be interesting to see. Like all, all six of those guys are cool. All six of those guys are good options. And, like Tyson, I do want to see. I want to see what he looks like and whether he can hang physically at the at the next level. I know that summer league isn't quite like NBA level, but it's the next step up. So if Hunter Tyson looks out of place at Summer League, then that's a problem. So gonna have to figure that out. Uh but yeah, if I had to rank them, like I am definitely putting Peyton Watson at the top. Like he's his player type is just so unique and so interesting that I hope everybody knows that if he does hit, then Denver might trade Michael Porter Jr. And like they might decide, yeah, we're good. We're going to start Peyton Watson. We're going to go with the best defensive lineup that we possibly can as long as he's able to shoot. Like if Peyton Watson can't shoot, watch him shoot today. He went through stretches where he hit some shots, went from went through some stretches where he missed a bunch of shots. So he really is a hit or miss. And I think that when that's at the NBA level, it translates to mostly miss. So he's got to be above 30% from three. If he's under that, if he's a 25% three-point shooter like he was for various times, that's a problem. He's got to be better than that, of course. So we'll see whether he can be. Which players outside of Denver are the most interesting? Well, I will be 
watching some Victor Wembenyama. I don't know about everybody else, but I will definitely be watching Victor. He is going to be a fascinating watch, and he's going to go up against Brandon Miller, the number two pick in the draft, I'm pretty sure on Friday. That is must-see TV. I just want to see what Wembenyama looks like at the NBA level. I know that this is summer league, and he should dominate, but like that would be super cool to see him just like splash some threes, block seven shots in a game, things like that. Like Just do the crazy stuff that he always does. Um, I want to see Scoot Henderson. I think Portland really, uh, they really locked in on that draft pick, and I thought that that was a great pick for them. He could be the future after Dame, who has decided he just does not want to be there anymore, which I'm not really surprised. Um, so Scoot Henderson could be one of those next big thing kind of guys. And then I don't know if there's anybody else that I'm really super intrigued by. Um Maybe the Houston guys, like or the Thompson Twins. I'd, I'd like to see the Thompson Twins. I want to see like whether they're actually good or not because they've got a lot of hype behind them. And we will see whether they can handle that pressure or not. But it would be cool if they are. Like Some of the content that they put out there is really uh, is really interesting. So we'll uh, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, I know this isn't part of this, but why are the Nuggets hard capped? Uh, it's because they gave Reggie Jackson the taxpayer MLE. Uh, when you give a player one of your exceptions like that, the taxpayer MLE or the non-taxpayer MLE, you are hard capped, and it means that you can't go over a certain level. If Denver gave him the non-taxpayer MLE, they'd have to get under $172 million, which they are already over. Uh, if they gave Reggie Jackson, which they did, if they gave him the taxpayer MLE, which they're at now, now they can't go over the $182 million mark. So... They're under that right now. They'll be fine. Like, it's not a big deal. But I think that that should be interesting. Um, and back to the interesting guys at Summer League. Thomas Dunn says, I think my guy would be Cam Whitmore. I'd love to see that, too. I hope that he succeeds. Like, it just seems like, like he looked pretty unhappy when he slid all the way to 20th. Felt very Michael Porter-esque in a lot of ways. Just very much a reminder. Uh, now, Michael Porter didn't play that year in Summer League. And he actually didn't play at Summer League at all because the year after he was diagnosed with that drop foot and had to miss out on that particular year. So first time we actually ever got to see Michael Porter, I remember that vividly, was when it was a game against the Portland Trailblazers, a preseason game against Portland. And he went in during the final three minutes of the game. Everybody was so intrigued by him. And Michael Malone was like, I am not putting you in until garbage time. And it was three minutes left in the first preseason game. And he was freaking amazing. It was it was awesome to see him like do some weird step back jumpers and uh just, just find ways to get off his shot. It was really, really funny. But can't wait more. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. Uh that's a, a tough place to be for any draft pick, I, I gotta imagine. Okay. Um let's take one more break. When we come back, I'm gonna just go over quickly what's Next for me after Summer League? What's what next for the Nuggets after Summer League? Should be good. Uh, looking forward to... Doing some more off-season coverage for 
mile high sports, but also just kind of like taking some time off. Like, as you guys know, I'm tired. I, I want to get away a little bit. So there's obviously some obligations that we have with the draft, with free agency, with summer league, but I am looking forward to that stretch of time from uh, kind of the mid-July to mid-September period where I'm going to be able to fully prepare for next season, and there's there's a lot that I'd like to do going forward. I think that uh, my podcast has been it's been pretty successful. I've, I've really appreciated all the love, really appreciate all the support that I get from everybody, and it's it's been great to be able to do this. and And I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to see where this thing can go from here. So. I'm curious to see what that looks like, but uh, we'll talk about that in just a bit. From the Nuggets side of things, not a ton to talk about between Summer League and training camp. So dates for this, Summer League ends July 15th-ish, maybe July 17th if Denver's lucky, uh, or unlucky if you're actually in Vegas. Uh, I will not be going to Vegas. I saw that... um, I saw that question come through in the chat. I, w- I won't be in Vegas. I'm taking some time off. Decided that I'd rather do an actual vacation as opposed to going to Las Vegas where it's 110 degrees and being in a stuffy gym. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm not going to cover that one in person, even though I'd like to at various points. Like I, I think I'm going to do it next year. Um, but for Denver, like once they're done with July 17th or so, they're pretty much done for about six weeks. And what usually happens during that period is if you are a young guy, you'll probably stay close to home. Maybe you'll take one vacation and then come back during August or so, and you'll work out here in Denver. But for the most part, the veterans are going to be, maybe they'll stop by briefly, but they'll mostly be in and out until September. And when they're out, they will... um, have their vacation time. They'll try to refresh. They'll try to recover. Uh, they'll go see the world as one does when you're young and have a bunch of money and or if you're old and have a bunch of money. Uh, and they will try to enjoy this moment as long as they can before getting into training camp. Uh, they will probably, like, I think the vast majority of players will arrive a couple weeks before training camp or media day really begins in earnest in late September. I think most of the time, Training camp or like media days, start of media days around September 28th, 29th, 30th, 30th, like or September's 30 days? 30 days. Or is it 31? Oh, God. Jesus. I'm appearing dumb now. Um, either way, I think it's 30. I think it's, God, I hope it's 30. Um, and then beginning of October will be training camp. They'll probably go to San Diego again. My guess is I'll go to that. And then they'll have preseason. They'll have a couple preseason options. And like they'll, they'll have probably four or five games, some of which Nicole Jokic will play in and Jamal Murray will play in, most of which they probably won't. And then at that point, like October 20th or so, is when the regular season will begin again. So from this moment right now until – the beginning of the regular season is about three and a half months. It's not a bunch of time, especially for a Nuggets team that, like, I know they've enjoyed this last four weeks or so, and it's it's been close to four now. I mean, they they won the championship on June twelfth, um, so it's been it's been four weeks. Um, 
ish. They are still recovering. They're, they don't have a lot of turnaround time, and there's going to be a little bit of a championship hangover, I have no doubt, but I hope they get as much time away as they possibly need. I'm going to try to take as much time away as I possibly as they possibly need, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about like what the other goals are, like what what other things are going to happen. But like, there's also the World Cup, and that's that's one thing I'm, I'm neglecting to talk about. I don't remember the exact dates on that, but I think it's late August to September, like early September, and it just would not surprise me if Nikola Jokic plays in that. And if he does play in that, if he gets ready for that and has to physically prepare, he's training for it, probably has to late August or so, not late August, but like early August would be when he probably reports to the World Cup team if that were to happen. And that would involve a lot of work, and it would involve a lot of work for Jamal Murray if he was to do the same thing for the Canadian national team. I know that uh, Vlako Chanchar is competing for Slovenia. That's something that's still happening along with uh, Luka Doncic and uh, Zoran Dragic and, and Mike Toby and guys like that on the Slovenian national team. But um, for Vlako, it's a little bit less physically taxing than for somebody like Jamal or somebody like Nikola, who have these deep playoff runs where they carried a lot of burden on their backs. So going to be interesting to see if those guys play. I'm, I'm sure we'll hear some reports. Uh, Jamal obviously getting in some cardio, getting in some work in during these last couple days here at uh, Ball Arena. So. We'll see if that's like him just trying to stay in basketball shape or if that's him prepping for the national team experience. I'm not really sure which. Um, I want to know from you guys, and like there's not much else to, to cover on the actual Nuggets details side of this. There's there's like they'll do open runs. They'll do uh, that's that's when like they come back in early September for the guys that aren't doing FIBA. Uh, they'll come back and they'll do open runs and, and the team will get some chemistry going and that should be pretty fun. But I want to know from you guys like how you enjoyed Pickaxe and Roll, what you liked about it, what you'd like to see me improve, like different things, different elements that you'd like to change uh, or different things that you think I should keep the same. Uh, this is a really important piece of this for me that I always want to have good feedback for people just to know that I'm delivering the kind of product that the audience wants. And like it's not just like, I also want to do something that I enjoy. And so if those two things coincide, then I'll probably try to change. I'll probably try to do it. I've got some other ideas for how I want to continue to improve the podcast. Things like uh, more episodes where they're shorter, more episodes where they are a little bit more wide ranging, some interviews, uh, some like things that are better for YouTube, like actual topic videos and like uh, some some YouTube style videos as opposed to like podcast style videos. There, there, there's a lot of stuff that I've got in the pipeline that I'm going to work on during this off season and try to prep for next year. But I'm curious as to what you like, as what you think I should be, like as, as what you enjoy about my contents and where you think I can continue to improve like because I do this by myself. I am I am a one man show in a lot of ways. Uh, unfortunately, my producer Michael isn't currently with me right now. Um so I'm I'm just on my lonesome right now trying to uh trying to deliver the best possible podcast that I can. So curious to see what you guys come up with and if there is anything that you have to say. Um but just know that over the course of these uh, next couple of weeks, I am going to be pretty busy. 
uh, taking a small vacation in two weeks, not going on a cabin trip. We're really excited. He's going to go up to the mountains with uh, a couple friends and my brother. Going to be great. I'm going to play some board games. Going to do some hiking and sightseeing and uh, camping and things like that. Should be fun. And then I'm moving. I, I love the apartment that I'm currently in, but we're going to be making a change. So between those two events, you might see the actual number of pickaxe and roll podcasts decrease a little bit. The number of times that I'm going live during the stretch decrease a little bit. And also just because it's the off season, I'm going to try to take some time. So we're going to refresh. We're going to have a good time with it. But just know that that's what's likely coming and we will discuss that when it does. So should be good, but I am looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, uh, if you can, I uh, really appreciate this comment from Thomas. This is exactly what I'm hoping for, exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, so thank you so much for the feedback, Thomas, and, and for everybody else that is interested in offering feedback. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, but I think that is going to do it. Uh, y'all have been great to me. Thank you so much for all the support. I really do appreciate it and really want to continue to deliver the best possible content that I can for you. Uh, before everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for hopping on the show, even if you're, you're clipping, clicking on the Twitter link, not knowing if it's going to explode, because Twitter will probably explode at some point. Uh, but we will see when that actually happens, or if it actually happens. I'm on Instagram, I'm on threads, I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere now. I'm, I'm Mr. Worldwide. It's going to be great. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back on Friday night after the Summer League game uh, to recap everything that happened in Game 1 of the Denver Nuggets Summer League experience. It should be great. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. We'll talk to you guys very soon.